thing that changed for me when I decided that I was going to change my life was I was going to change from being my own worst enemy and my own biggest critic to being my own best friend. Welcome to the Just Man Up podcast. If you enjoy this, please give it a thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't already. And just to let you know, I go live on Twitch twice a week, every Wednesday and Sunday from 7pm. Let's roll the podcast. All right then, we'll start it off. Connor, how are you getting on, bro? Welcome to the podcast. I'm good, Al. Cheers, man. Fucking delighted to be on. Yeah, man, it's good to have you here. It's good to have you here. I feel like the last, I don't know, I think I've been like following your kind of Instagram page, I'd say the last about, about a year, year and a half, maybe. And during that time, man, geez, you'd put a lot of us to fucking shame half of the stuff you've done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether it's a good thing to follow you or not. <laughs> you give me a bit of motivation, baby, a bit of motivation. But how have you been getting on during COVID times and stuff like that? You're saying you're living in Akalola at the moment. Yeah, um, I, I, man, like since I started this, like, journey through my own self-discovery i've i've tried to um find opportunities in like setbacks that are being presented to me i felt i found that i was just being hit with setback after setback especially in the last year that i said look i'm either gonna have to try and find some way of finding an opportunity in, the, in all of this madness mm. or i'm just gonna get engulfed by it and it's just gonna burn me up i'm just gonna have too much anxiety i'm gonna have too much negative thoughts i have to you know, try, try and find a way of, of, I suppose, finding an opportunity in it. So for this lockdown, I found the opportunity was, you know, we, we uh, myself and my girlfriend went to Ackle Island to, to have, a, have a bit of an old wander around, do some climbing, do some uh, swimming, things like that. And I, I just said to her, I said, let's just move here. Let's just move here for the duration of this lockdown and let's try and, you know, sort something out. And a couple of days later, we were living in the old fisherman's cottage here on, on a, in Dugar, like, and it was just, you know, one of those things where it was like we could be sitting down, you know, in our in our usual like five k in our town or whatever the case be, or we could actually take this opportunity to live somewhere completely do, different and, and move to an island. So we did that, man, and um, I suppose that's just yeah, exactly the way that I tried to look at these setbacks that we've been hit with over the last year is there's got to be an opportunity there somewhere, like. Mm, nah, that's unreal that's unreal I, I think like it's been a bit of both hasn't it it's been kind of um you know some people are, are doing really well and some people are, are struggling but like i feel like the last while i've noticed that you kind of have to be doing something like you really do if you're if you're not kind of you know if your job's taken away from you or you know like your normal daily life is taken away, but you kind of have to be doing something to keep your keep your head right. And fair play to you, it's just kind of saying we're gonna move here. Like, yeah, it's just like, like for for me, what I've noticed, like, because you know, from doing like talks that I that I do every every week in that, and um, with companies and with schools and all this kind of stuff. One of the main factors, well, I suppose two of the main factors that people are facing right now is there's no structure, there's no routine. There's just like there's just a big blur. It's like like the day is just a big gray blur of everything. So there's no real structure or routine there anymore. Like usually, it's like I'm gonna wake up, put on my stuff for work, drive to work, listen to my tunes, or listen to my favorite radio show in the morning. Get into work, say hello to the guys and the gals, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Have a chit chat, get my work done. You know, might go out and get something to eat. In, you know, in the in the local cafe or whatever with that bird that I like from the, from, from accounting or whatever, mm. you know, there's that, you know, um, routine and structure there. And I think that's missing. And the second thing as well is 
that know, know that like we're, I suppose, we're on our laptops and our phones and stuff like that all the time, that we're there for work and for our private lives, that our work and private lives are just like, oh, yeah. just yeah. And it's because we're using the same tools and the same structures for both. And what I've decided to do, especially, you know, this year I've been mad busy. Thank God, like, man, I'm, I'm so delighted to be so busy. But um, with, with that, it presents that challenge. And that challenge is I have to separate Connor's life from Connor's work. Do you know what I mean? And, and that's one of the big things that I, I, I think will and has caused me um, some, some food for thought, you know, just to... I, you know, stick my flag in the ground to go, this is Connor's fucking life, you know, and I'm not, you know, I'm not just working, you know, and melding them into the, into the other life. Yeah, I, I, I found that hard, to be honest. Um, that's probably one thing I found the most difficult this year is because I'm working from home at my desk. So I'm a youth worker, that's my job. So I'm working from home at my desk. And then obviously I'm doing Just Man Up on the Side. So if I'm editing a podcast, editing... I don't know, a YouTube video, if I'm doing a live stream, whatever I'm doing, I'm at the desk. Do you know what I mean? And it's very hard. Like sometimes I could get a phone call and work at eight o'clock at night and I'm, and I'm at my desk then. Do you know what I mean? Again, so it's very hard to, to get away from that. So I think it was a, the first lockdown, I, I done something similar, well, not something similar to you, but like I changed my routine. I completely like re, reshaped it to, to being away from here. I was cycling to the coast every day. Like I'm, I'm, in, I'm lucky. Like I'm, I'm very close to the coast. Like a twenty minute, twenty minute cycle. So every day I was out on the bike to the coast. Um, but then when it started getting, you know, a little bit rainy and it's getting a little bit cold, Alan was like, "Nah, nah, fuck that, bro. Stay in bed. <laughs> That's not worth it." <laughs> but um, within the last couple of weeks, fuck it, hail rain or snow, man, I'm back out again cycling because I love cycling. You know what I mean? It's it's great for the head. It's great yeah. get, getting away from the from the uh, from the computer and stuff. But if, like you know, when you're looking at you and stuff like that, like it seems like you've kind of went on on a, on like a serious shift. Like yeah, like yeah, I've I've listened to your earlier podcasts and stuff like that where you talk about um you know your 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 upbringing, your teenage years and all like that. Like um, so it's 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 not always been a case that you've always kind of you know been interested. It, it, it got kind of gone on this path, has it? No, not at all. Like I'm 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 really new on this whole thing. I've only been you know I suppose. Um, searching for that kind of better side in myself, or I suppose more positive, more. Um, I suppose the best way that I can describe it is before I was just on this like this roller coaster going up and down of like these huge highs of like euphoria, and then these crashing lows, and then trying to trying to climb back out of these ruts, and like they can last for months at a time. And where I always wanted to be in my life was here. I just wanted to be like. I wanted to be in the in the middle, let's say. I wanted to be, you know, I wanted to have calmness. I wanted, I suppose, to have the ability to cope and adapt with things that were happening in my life, not to be, you know, held at ransom by the good things or the bad things that happen in my life. So when the good things happen in my life, I didn't want to be shooting up into this fucking absolute, you know, doing backflips and cartwheels around my sitting room and then go and just drop down into the depths of it. I wanted to have the ability to adapt and take both bad and good in my stride, you know, and be able to just 
um, uh, yeah, just to, to have that kind of semblance of, of being, being Connor, and that was it. And uh, that's what I've been on because beforehand, like, I was very much dictated by the external, like, the ex- the, I, I, was, I was dictated by if there was some good shit happening in my life at that time, then I felt good about myself and I felt good about the way things were going. If there was crappy things happening, like the, the, the tiniest of things could set me off into this downward spiral because what would happen is the external bad thing would happen. It would enter the internal, enter my mind. And my mind then would, would be just saying how terrible everything else is. Mm. And it would just drive me downward. And then it would, it would nearly need like some sort of external good stuff to pull me back out of that again. So I was very much dictated by like what was going on in my life more than, you know, what was actually what, what, what I was actually thinking about it. So that's what was one of the major changes for me, because, um, you know, look, I was uh, it was a time in my life for a long time where um, I was I was just looking at I was looking at different areas of life um, I was looking at areas of life differently. You know, I was very much money driven. I was very much like partying, socializing. All of those things were top priorities of mine. And when I realized that, um, you know, if I, when I simplified my life and I simplified um, the way that my actual life was going, it also simplified and, de- and uncomplicated my thoughts as well. So... Um, it's been a huge journey, I suppose, so far, and I'm I'm still on it. Like you know, what I mean, I'm still I'm still there. Yeah. How did you like? You say like you, you kind of realised like did it, did you just like have a wake up one day and be like, cha ching? Do you know what I mean? Or, or what? Like what happened? Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? It's, I like I had hundreds of times where I had that wake up moment, and I said, I'm gonna change. I'm gonna do this and that, mm. and do the other thing, and I'm gonna lose weight and train. And I'll be vegan and I'll do intermittent fasting and I'll go to mass every Sunday. No, like literally, like I've had those a million times over where I just, you know, I'm going to revamp and revolutionize my life and give up the drink and do all of these things. And it never stuck because I don't think I was ever looking at the, at the why. I was just looking at the how. I was looking at how am I going to do it? How am I going to change my life? How am I going to get the, you know, get get on this track or get to the point where I'm happy with my life. And when I realized that, what, but when I was asking how, I was actually asking the world to answer those answers for me, like to answer those questions for me. I was, if you're asking how, like anybody in the room can have an old go at what the answer is. You know? mm. I said, how am I going to change my life? Someone might say, oh, you could change your diet or, oh, you could get to bed earlier or, oh, you could you know, do this, that, and the other, you could exercise, whatever the case may be. But if I ask myself, why? I want to change my life and why I want to um, get onto this path where I'm on that even keel, where I'm just here, I'm being, I'm in my own body. Um, there's nobody else that can answer that question for me, only Connor. So when I a- asked that question of like, why do you want to do it? I just realized that I wanted to do it because I knew that I deserved it. I knew that I deserved to be on that, on that better track, on that better um, way of life. And when I, when I decided that the main thing that changed for me when I decided that I was going to change my life was I was going to change from being my own worst enemy and my own biggest critic to being my own best friend. And like I asked this of people when I was in box and even last night I was talking with some secondary school um, uh, uh, students, some sixth years, 
and I and I asked them, I posed the question to them, what would you do if you were given your best friend's mind and your best friend's body to look after for a week? And like initially you probably think I get a tattoo across their forehead, but after you have those kind of like jokey kind of messing thoughts, you probably want the best for them. You know what I mean? They're your best mates. Like, I mean, you want to look after them. You want to make sure that they're there to have a laugh and a joke with you. And you want to make sure that, I suppose, they're having happy and content lives. And so you probably would make sure that they got a bit of exercise. They got 15, 20 minutes, maybe a walk every day. They got outside. They ate right. They drank enough water. They got enough sleep. And then on the other side, in terms of their mind, that they were thinking good thoughts about themselves, that they were having a good internal dialogue with themselves and that they were, you know, looking after themselves in in all of these ways. And then I ask the same question. I say, okay, what if you were given your own body and your own mind to look after for a week? And I think that it's natural. It's not as natural for us to kind of straight away think I'm going to, you know, get a bit of exercise. I'm going to look after myself in that way. I'm going to get to bed early. I'm not going to burn the eyes out of my head, uh, you know, between all of the different gizmos and gadgets. I, you know, that you're not straight away thinking I'm going to think good things about myself. I'm going to have that good internal dialogue. But these are the most important things because, I, I, I you know, when you look at it that way, it's similar to when you're getting your briefing uh, when you're getting on an airplane. The, the, the flight attendants are telling you, you know, put your mask on first before you put anybody else's mask on. You have to know how to be able to, I suppose, care for yourself internally in your own thoughts and externally through the way you treat yourself. And that makes you better capable then of helping other people. So when I realized that I was actually my own worst enemy, I had such a bad, I very, very low self-esteem I had such a bad self-view. I needed that external validation from people. Um, I was actually quite sensitive as well to, to any criticism from the outside because it would just it would just bolster these thoughts that, that I had about myself on the inside. So I couldn't really take criticism. Um, that would really, you know, irk me. I couldn't t- take that. And what I actually realized was if I want to have a better view of myself, it starts with me. Mm. It starts with me. It starts with my own thoughts, my own inner dialogue, and being my own best friend. So that's what I've realized over the over the last two and a half years was is the whole world could stack every single card in the deck against me, but I won't be part of the deck because I am going to keep that that bastion, that part of me that you know realizes that I'm here for me. I'm here for Connor. I'm here for what's good for him. I want the best for him. That's my why. Why are you doing it? Because I want to live a better life for me. Um, and I don't want to be up, up in the clouds, cloud nine, absolutely partying and, and absolutely having the best time of my life. Or I don't want to be down in the doldrums, you know what I mean? Kicking a can down the road. I want to just be. I want to be in that. I want to be in my own body and my own mind and, uh, and just be content with day-to-day life. Jesus. That's a uh, that's some powerful shit for uh, twenty past nine in the morning. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, after drinking my, I'm after two cups of coffee. I'm after two cups of coffee. That's why. Bring another coffee. <laughs> Bring another coffee in <laughs> No man, that's that's some powerful shit. Honestly, um, like it, it, it's interesting enough that 
like a lot of the time, well, me personally, I don't want to speak on behalf of people, but I looked for the highest, look at me life, like looking at my early adult like life, I've always looked for the highest, the parties, the celebrations. Like if something happens, you always have to go out and celebrate. You know what I mean? Like I was always looking that, looking for that and chasing that. Um, and that's probably what like at one point led me into, into depression was always looking for them highs because the thing about it is when you reach them highs, like like the next day isn't as good. You know what I mean? And then the next day after that isn't as good. And then you start comparing your highs to your lows. And that's when you start getting in fights with yourself. And that's what happened to me. Um, well, you climbed, didn't you climb like Kilimanjaro at like 17 or something like that? Uh, yeah, like I was. Yeah, I did. That, I did. Like, like that's that. Like coming home from that, I'd say at like seventeen, man. Like fuck it, that's tough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like literally after achieving something that people probably strive for their whole lives, and you done it at seventeen. I'd say that was tough to come home with. No. Yeah, man, hundred percent. That was like that was to me was probably the first time where I actually identified that I had, um, I suppose, a bout of depression. Um, for me, it was more it was more manic depression. It was more this just I didn't actually know what Connor I was gonna get in the morning. You know, mm. whether he was gonna flick that switch and just not talk to anybody and just be into himself and just have this like shroud over him where he was gonna walk around the place like and, and everybody would feel it like, oh, and he's in fucking bad humor, he's in a bad way, mm. like you know, or he was gonna be this happy-go-lucky, almost Ace Ventura-type energy out of him and just, you know, absolutely for the party, you're going to be cracking jokes with everybody and, you know, all this kind of stuff. I didn't know what person I was going to get and I suppose the first time that I really, really um, realised that I had that darker side and I had that side of me that was, um, that was um, subdued and was, you know, having a depressive episode was after I came back from Kilimanjaro. And it seems like so strange when you look at it from the outset of like, you're 17 years old, you're after flying over to East Africa and you're after climbing the tallest mountain on that huge continent. Wouldn't it, you know, it seems like I should be absolutely over the moon. And I was, I was over the moon. I was delighted to get something like that under my belt and to have that experience. I really, I really don't think I actually even fed into that experience until about 10 years later. Honestly, mm. I, I, don't think I, I don't think I had the capability at 17 years old to actually fully take that in. But uh, when I got back from that, that was a big kind of a, oh, I'm, I've, I have a leave insert coming. And I, you know what I mean? I have to prepare for that now. And, mm. you know, fucking hit me like a shovel into the head. And I was like, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't manage it. I, I had this hollow feeling. After this huge achievement, I had this hollow feeling where I was like, you know, does anything else matter? Do you know? Does anything else matter? I've been over to Africa now and I've seen actually a bit of the world and not this fucking guy, you know, from Cork who's just preparing for his leaving start in my own head as this person that, you know, seen something and maybe had actually gotten a sneak peek into what his life should have been and what my life probably should have been was doing these type of things and, you know, I discovered it really early. I discovered it in my, in my, in my late 20s. And that's like when you, when like, if, if, if you can discover um, something like that about yourself in your mid-20s, in, in your late 20s, um, it's fantastic. But I think You're I got a lucky. sneak peek at 17. Yeah, I got, I got a sneak peek at 17. And uh, I just didn't feed into it. 
I, I don't think I had the I don't think I had the capabilities at 17 to, to feed into it because I was just very much you know my parents my teachers my peers they were all leaving to college you know blah 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 all this that and the other and I was like mm, nah I just didn't see it like I just did not see it. it it didn't have the same effect or feel to me anymore um, and it led me down the road of just, you know, I suppose trying to test myself and trying to find what that, what that, that fire is, what that fire inside me was. And, and that's when I started Thai boxing. I started Thai boxing like soon, soon after I, um, I came home, I, I started getting very serious about Thai boxing and uh, that engulfed my life for the next like six or seven years. And uh, it was just, now that I look back on it, it was it was just I was looking for that place for my place, who Connor was, what, mm. what was his identity, what was he about? And he, you know, he just took on the mantle of Connor the Thai boxer, and that was it, you know. Um I, I, I lent my identity to that, and, and that was one of the things that came out of, you know, I suppose the the, the more depressive episode of, of Kilimanjaro was finding this thing. And um, was was finding this arena that I was going to test myself in. Yeah, no, it's interesting if you say that. Um, like, I think what was it a case that be, did you know what you wanted to do when you when you were leaving school, or was it just that you were like, well, I know what I don't want to do. Was it more the the latter? Yeah. Yeah, I like when I when I was leaving school, man, Jesus Christ, like. I thought at 19 years old, well, like I had a very strange school time because from the, from the day I went through the doors of primary school all the way up until fifth year, I was the biggest class clown you've ever seen in your life. And I just did not give a shit about the college, about the schoolwork at all. <laughs> and I realized then when I was in sixth year and my last year of school, I was like, Connor, you actually have a brain. You know, if you actually, you know, use it, you might actually do good. And um, I, I ended up actually trying to, like, I suppose, cop on in my last year. And I fell short in my first leaving cert. So I ended up repeating. And right. I was repeating the leaving cert. Like, I suppose all I really wanted out of it was better for me, which was a good thing. That it wasn't like a negative thing where I was like, you've done so shit in the first one that, you know, we, I have to repeat it and do it. It was like, no, I, I just know I can do better and I know that there's better in me. I'm going to repeat and I'm going to do that. But I really had no, Alan, I had no idea. Like, I had no idea what I wanted to do past school, really. I had a, I, I suppose I had an idea. I had an idea of what I wanted to do after school, but like I had no, I had no real direction there um, as to, you know, where I was going to go with it you know I knew that I was this guy who just loved to push his limits loved to see what was fucking under there if he scratched the surface a bit what was the just some of the ugliness some of the you know know, that part of your that like drags you into the depths I just I really liked that part and I really got to know that part and um instead of feeding into that I fed into what society, I suppose, wanted for me, and that was to go to college and, and study, and that was it. And I, and I went to college. I studied law uh, in UCC. And oh. Yeah, I, I, I ended up doing the full course, getting, the, getting a, a law degree, and never set foot in a solicitor's office for good or bad reasons. Yeah, uh, good, good. So, yeah, so <laughs> I, I, like, I did it, like, 
the idea of doing it. And like my father always says to me, like, fair play, Connor, for you getting all the way through a law degree with no want or desire to actually be a solicitor or a barrister or anything, you know, mm. fair play. And I say, look, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely added a feather to my cap of like getting through something and, uh, and putting my mind to something, concentrating on something. But to be honest with you, Alan, I go back, you see, like, you know, regrets are, are actually, you know, um, they're part and parcel of life. And you could say you have the regrets, but everything brought me to where I am now. So 100%. I have to be thankful for it. You know what I mean? I have to be thankful for, for every aspect of my life. I could say, look, if I, if I sat down with 19-year-old Connor and I said, what the fuck do you want to do? Like, I don't want to do this shit anyway. I'm like, well, look, mm. let's not do it. You know, let's not do it. Let's fucking see what we can do. You know what I mean? But uh, yeah, 19-year-old Connor was, you know, just worried about the training sessions and, you know, getting, you know, getting that Irish title fight as a Thai boxer and his girlfriend at the time and all of those things that, you know, I suppose are just normal for a 19-year-old to, to be interested in. But uh, if, I could have, if I could have seen the forest from the trees, um, I think that I, I, I probably would have went down a different, a different path, you know what I mean? But as, as I just said there, by not taking that path, um, you know, at that age, I, I, I was able to discover it in a far better frame of mind later in my life. Mm, all parts lead the same way, don't they? Um, Absolutely. But uh, I think, like, I think when you come out of school, it's very hard to know what you want to do anyway. Like for any, any, any young person. Like when I came out of school, I thought I wanted to be a journalist. That didn't work out. I thought I wanted to work in a bank. That didn't work out. Along with another 15 jobs until I was 21. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. my, my, my ma and dad were saying to me at one point, they, they sat me down when I was like 19 or 20. I remember, I'll never forget at this time, all I loved was going out on the weekends, partying with my friends, going out on a Friday, coming home on a Sunday. That was my buzz. That was what I loved. And um, one time I came home, I think it was Sunday afternoon, they woke me up. <laughs> they were like, Roy, come on, we need to have a chat. And they were like to me, Alan, what What do you want to do, love? Like, what, what, what do you like? What do you like? And I was like, to be honest, I don't really know. But... I think I'm doing the right thing. And they were like, wait, what do you mean? I was like, well, I'm trying all these things. So at least I'll know what I don't like. So like, I literally went on a path of finding out things that I didn't like. Like just, I, I acted on impulse, man. Like I was working in a bank at one point, right? This was the steady Alan. This was the Alan steady, the family and all proud of me. Yeah, he's in a bank. He's finally, you know, starting to do well. Uh, on a week's notice, I left that job and started a college course like on a week's notice, do you know what I mean? And I, and from that, it's just been up and up and up and up. Like I, 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 I kind of came out of the, the kind of depressive state myself, um, which was kind of going to parties in a row, struggling to, to find myself, to, to becoming me, to knowing who I am, to knowing what I like doing. And I think that alone is worth more than fucking a piece of paper. It's worth, it's worth far more than anything. Um, like kind of the the, the self. I know people it, people sometimes don't like hearing the self discovery journey and stuff like that. But it kind of is. It is a self discovery journey. You're finding out who you are and what you want to do. And I think you know that's the good thing about doing things and trying things is sure you'll know if you don't like it. You know what I mean? You yeah, you sure. either like it or you won't like it. Do you know what yeah, I mean? One hundred percent. And and it's mad to it's mad to say that like you 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 you've done a law degree you know what I mean and not 
Like, you know the way, like at the moment you're doing like ultra marathons and stuff like that and you're, and you're pushing yourself to, to the extreme limits. Like in that four years or three years or whatever the, the course was, that was probably preparation to what you're doing now because that's a mental marathon. That's a mental uh, test, you know what I mean? And I think... Yeah, for sure. I think um, you... Like, I, had a, I had a very turbulent time in college, like, you know, and... Um, in my in in my last year of college, my life kind of just um, <clears throat> fucking hit me in the face. Really, um, like I I um, I had an Irish title fight in Thai boxing. I got knocked unconscious in the last minute of the last round of that fight, yes. and very soon after that, this was just at the start of my of my final year of college. Then just after that, three weeks after that, I'd been seeing I had been go, you know going out with a girl for five years. Um, and she basically told me that it was over, that she had cheated on me, and that it was finished. Um, and I was like, "What the fuck's going to happen next? You know, these things come in trees." <laughs> and then I was inside in a pub. This is hilarious. Now I was inside in a pub on New Year's Eve, and I arm wrestled a buddy of mine and broke my arm. No way! Right? Yeah, broke my humerus here, like terrible it was it's called a spiral fracture so what it is is basically the two heads of the of the bone get twisted in opposite directions and it just goes oh. so i i basically had a spiral fracture the doctor came in and was like how did you do this you're like usually the lads that are coming in with these type of injuries they're like big huge burly lads and i was just like skinny you know like lanky dude coming in with this injury but I, I basically, when I got that, man, that just plummeted me, man. I was like, what else is going to happen? Like, you know, I like much, much worse things can happen in your life. But at that time, man, I was like, I fucking got knocked unconscious for all of my mates in front of all of my family for this Irish title that I really, really wanted to get. I couldn't see any of the good part. I couldn't see any of the good part of actually getting in the ring, fighting for five rounds, fighting my fucking socks off the train, you know, to win this thing. I couldn't see that part. Mm. I had a five-year relationship kind of go down the, go down the swanee for me and like just out of nowhere, just, you know, gone. And was like thinking, you know, which yet again led me to that internal dialogue of what the fuck's wrong with me. And then I had this 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 freak accident where I was just like, okay, well, like, you know, life's just fucking taking a big shit on me now at the moment. So I had all of those three things. And then I I I, I think I was in such a fragile men mental state that when I said to my parents that I was dropping out of college, uh, they just didn't say anything to me. I just, I don't think they, I think they just knew that I was just in such a fragile place mentally that like if they were starting to give me shit about that, they just wouldn't know what would have happened. You know, I've had suicidal thoughts, suicide ideation before in the past. And, um, you know, I've skirted around that before. Um, and I think they were just so, you know, uh, worried at that time that they didn't say anything to me. And I ended up just being at home because of the way that the fracture actually was. It was... Uh, it was parallel to the radial nerve in my arm. So at any moment, if I like oh. jerked it or banged it or whatever, uh, it could have torn that nerve and oh. I would have lost feeling in my arm. Um, oh. for I would have lost the use of my hand for at least a year and a half, if not my entire life. So I, you know, I couldn't really do fuck all. I couldn't, I couldn't even go on an exercise bike. 
and um, because I just I it, it it would have you know had so much risk. So I was sitting at home, and I I just I I, I was there for a month and a half. I dro- I dropped out of college. You know, it was my final year of college. Now I had never failed an exam. I never failed an assignment. Never anything. I was a very good student in that way, and I just and then I just threw it all away at that time because I was in such a fragile mental state. And I remember one day I was flicking through TV, I was flicking through the channels, and my mother was in the kitchen, and um, I turned off the TV and I said, "Ma'am, will you drop me into college there? Because uh, I'm going to do, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to go back. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do it. Like so, I've been two months out of college." In my final year, I no, not one lecture. I hadn't even barely talked to my friends. That was in my year, anything. And I just contacted a couple of mates of mine when I first got in. I was there trying to carry my bag and my laptop and all this kind of stuff with a broken arm sling, sling around my neck. And um, I, that day I put 14 hours in and I just did that for about two months. Uh, I had two months until the final exams. I just did 14 hour days every day until the exams came and I ended up getting an honours degree out of it at the end. Um, so it was one of those times where I look back on that. When I, when I think about something that I have to put an awful lot of effort into, I was like, Connor, you were depressed out of your skull. You were in the worst depths of, what, you know, of, of, your, of your mental anguish. You were unfit. You were after gaining so much weight. You were you know, not in a good way mental health wise or physical health wise and you got up off the coach and you pulled yourself up and you got yourself back in and you ended up getting a, a really good degree out of it you can fucking do anything man. Mm. you know i can fucking do anything if i if i set my mind to anything i will be able to do it it might take me a fucking long time it might take me you know 15 attempts but I will do it. You know, I will do it. It's, it's, if I set my mind to do it, I will do it. And uh, mm. it was, that was a lesson that I learned at, at that time when I was in school. And sometimes we don't, we're not able to see that at the time. We're not able to see that right then and there. And I don't think I was able to see it at 23, 24 years old, you know, that I was able to do these things at 22, 23, sorry. You know, I was like, you know, I, I never really looked at it in that way. But I remember getting my, results getting my results from for my degree and just fucking hitting the ceiling like because i had you know i was delighted with the results mm. and like reading my father who was he, he was living abroad at the time he was living in lebanon and uh ringing my dad and like saying to him like you know i got a fucking 2-1 dad like got a fucking 2-1 like after all this you know after all that turbulence in the last year and he was just like you know like how 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 class is it that you still were able to do that after you know after the shit that had been thrown at you at that time and uh, I realized that like you know when I was discovering that aspect that I was talking about earlier about being my own best friend I was like yeah I'm just fucking if I be my own best friend like at that time I was my own worst enemy if I be my own best friend what the fuck am I going to be able to do so it's it was a great learning curve for me like yeah yeah that sounds unreal man really does look I, I was talking to Jamie J Carr on my last podcast and he said something similar he says that like his journey that he's on he knows no matter what happens no matter what path no matter whether a wall comes up on his road no matter if there's a roundabout it might take me longer to get around it but you better believe I'm getting through it and I'm getting around it do you know what I mean and I think a lot comes a lot comes from like shit happening in your life 
there's a lot to be said for like you know just like having a shit lo- a sh- like a shit time in your life um like that whole thing of you <laughs> you literally like coming in trays man talk about fucking like right then that is a time to beat yourself up do you know what i mean if there's ever a time to beat yourself up that was the time do you know what i mean three things so one of the things the the muay thai that was probably one of the things that made you feel good taken away from you you had uh the girlfriend who was probably you know a nice comfort a nice something to uh, be around a person who you, you trusted taken away from it you know what i mean yeah yeah you, you, you kind of had a right to feel shit in that time but it took some fucking some i don't know some courage some some man to pull yourself back up again and and, I and at least going back in, man, and it was like everything that i had to do this is like a skill that I still pull upon today is like when I when I first got back into college, boy, and I asked people for like the notes and Not the handouts and all this stuff that I had to print off. It was just like this high, man. And I was mm. like, what the fuck? And <laughs> reading lists of books and everything, like, you know, and the thing about it is, was because I was so late to the party in terms of, uh, you know, you know, getting serious about my last year, I was actually super early in the preparation for exams. Usually people, you know, start their exam month, you know, a month yeah. before. And I was starting a month before. So I was able to get all the books. I was able to see, you know, have all the books that I needed at that time. They were all there in the library, like, you know. So there was just that fortune there that I was able to go, well, look, I'm fucking late in the year, but I'm early for study. Let's <laughs> just try and fucking make the most of it. So what, what I fucking did was, okay, what is literally... What's step one like? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If you've got a thousand steps before you actually sit the exam, what the fuck is step one? And I'm telling you, man, identifying that first fucking step in, in any process is the biggest fucking, um, you know, the biggest helper that you can fucking imagine when you're trying to, to do something new is just like, okay, what's step number one? And then step number one was just drawing up what I was going to do that day. You know what I mean? And it was like, you know, and if I, when I started, I wasn't like, I'm going to lay down eight hours of work. Even, you know, I, I ended up doing hours and hours of work. But what I did, I just laid out, you know, 20 minutes of what I was going to do. And that 20 minutes laid into another and another and another. And it just kind of went from there. But uh, like, yeah, it's just fucking man. When I, when I was sitting there and like, you know, bare, I, was, I still had the sling on. So I was, it was hard to even, you know, like luckily it was my right arm and I'm left-handed. So I was able oh, to write. Right, yeah. And um, so I was able to write, but like even pulling things out of my bag and even eating my fucking lunch was a bit of a trek. You know what I mean? Mm. So, but man, it's like, yeah, as you said, those kind of shittier times, like they pull the best out of us. If we are in the position to do that, it was pulling the worst out of me for months. It was pulling the worst out of me for two months straight. And I, like, I really just could not see the light, I could not see the light there at all. Like, you know, and I don't know what it was, that fucking eureka moment, but I think it, it is that thing that's deep down in my psyche that Connor wants the best for Connor, like, you know, mm. and uh, he, 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 at the end of it all, you know, I think we all want the best for ourselves. Sometimes we, we, we can't admit it or we can't see it or the internal dialogue doesn't match that and we're just beating ourselves up. But, you know, if you want the best for yourself, and you go out looking for that, you're going to get it. Mm. Well, what do you think pulled you off the chair? 
Like, what do you think it was? Was it was it a act on impulse? Was it ah fuck? I have nothing else to do. What do you think? I think I just saw me sitting down and watching the TV and just thought, this is just not going to be my life. You know, I just don't want this to be my life. Like, you know, I, I, I knew I had something. There was something in me, as there is in all of us. There is that great spark in there. And I knew that there was at that time. I fucking knew it. I knew if I was a fucking six-year-old boy. I knew there was something a bit fucking off-center, that there was something in there that could fucking do great shit. And this great shit was not flicking through fucking afternoon television. Do you know? It wasn't. And it just I think I just had that spiral where I was flicking through. And the best thing that was on TV at that time was Dr. Phil. And I fucking hate Dr. Phil. Oh, so I was, like, I was like, right, well, look, if the best we got to do something else. And... Mm. I just, uh, yeah, I just looked over mom and said, here, you dropped me into college, yeah. And it was just, yeah, I just realized I wanted better, I wanted more, like, and I, I, I just, I, I saw this two months and I, and, I, and, I, and I just saw the rest of my fucking life. I saw the rest of my life. Do I want my, the rest of my life to just be this, to be this, you know? And I just, I decided that, no, I don't want it to be that. I want it to be something different. Yeah. No, it is. It, it's man. I I can relate a lot with you, to be honest. Um, in regards to like stuff that's happened, because I remember when I was walking in that bank when I was <laughs> the one I wasn't supposed to live. Um, I was in that bank and and I I remember going in. I think it was like a, a, a Tuesday or something like that, and it was the same as the Monday, and it was same as last week, and it was the same as the week before, and it was the same as the fucking week before that. Nothing was fucking changing. I was going home, or I was going to the pub. And I remember on that Tuesday going in, it was 11 o'clock, I was on my break, I was scrolling through um, Facebook and a chorus came up and I was saying to myself, this isn't me, this is not me, I don't want to do this, there's more to me than picking up the phone and saying to Margaret, how are you Margaret, how are you getting on, yeah, oh, your bank's not working today, no problem Margaret, uh, you know, have you, have you knocked it off and knocked it back on, that wasn't me man, and I knew it wasn't me, but it was just, Actually, the going to the not knowing at the time that this is what it was, but wanting what's best for me. But I didn't know at the time it was wanting what was best for me. It was me just acting on impulse at the time. But it was wanting what was best for me, saying like, you know, do, do you want to be sitting here every day having the same day for the rest of your life? You know what I mean? Like, no, you don't, Alan. This isn't for you, mate. You know what I mean? And and I and I and I ran with it. So it's it's. It's interesting. It's interesting enough to hear someone else and then be able to to relate to it. You know what I mean? Um, but you know, wanting what's best for you has led you into into a path of me putting yourself in some fucking difficult difficult situations. Uh, that patio run. You want to tell yeah. people what that was all about? Fuck me, man! Jesus Christ! It's giving me anxiety yeah. thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I'm the fucking same. You know, I, when I think back at it, I got a P PTSD about this. Like, you know, yeah. um, it was one of those things where I just like, um, one of the things I've discovered about myself was I don't fucking like half measures of anything. Really, like, you know, I go all. Oh, really? 
Yeah, no, no, wouldn't believe that now about you, Connor. Uh, yeah, no, man, I just fucking, I like to just go dive fucking face first into it and I either hit the pool or I hit the concrete um, and that's kind of it, like, you know, so, um, yeah, like, the, the, the patio run really came out of actually fucking nowhere as all of the things that I do in my life really do happen, like, you know, my first ever 100 mile race, I was actually just sitting down to lunch with my mate and I said, don't really should do and I was in the middle eating my fucking beef Wellington here, like, in my <laughs> and I said, we should run a hundred miles. And and then literally he just picked up his phone. He looked through, he's like, oh, there's a, there's a hundred mile run here. And, uh, it's, on, it's on in seven weeks. And I said, fucking book it, book it. We'll do it. Seven weeks later, we did it. Like, you know, and it was just one of those things where it's like, you know, we'll, we'll pick something out of the blue, like, and we'll just see if we, you know, have had it, like, you know what I mean? Fucking give it everything. Throw all the fucking shit we can at the wall and some of it's going to stick, like, you know? So mm. um, that was similar with the patio run, like, you know, because what I actually wanted to do was Project 32. I, I, I haven't talked about that very much in the last while on my, on my Instagram, but what that was was 32 marathons in 32 days yeah, in the yeah, yeah. of Ireland with the 32 pounds on my back. And I really wanted to get that done. But obviously COVID came in and just goes, no. We're not allowed to do that. Yeah. Um, so I then decided that um, I was going to, you know, do something else. So for the for the month of April that I was meant to be doing these 32 marathons, I did challenges every day. And then it, it culminated in the middle of May. Well, uh, sorry, the 9th of May uh, last year. I, I said, I'm going to run around my patio uh, for 24 hours. Because I was like, right. I said, I said, I was like, there, every everybody was kind of doing their, you know, their two k limit runs and all this kind of stuff, and I was like, "John, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna fucking limit myself to the patio, and I'm gonna see if I can do an ultra marathon on my patio." And um, I did. Um, I, yeah, I did you did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So like, it was it was madness because, um, like, I suppose you know, when you enter into these things and you do things that I don't think anybody has done, not in Ireland anyway, I don't know if anybody has done something like that anyway, you know, there, there might be other people that have done something similar to that in the world or whatever, but um, I, when you do something like that and you, you go into that unknown waters, um, you can get pulled under and it can be too deep, it can be choppy, it can be wild at times and it can be at times you're kind of you're there in the water and you're just about treading water and you think, am I going to be pulled under? Um, so when I started that, that, that patio run, like, fuck it, I had no idea what I was in for. But what I was in mm -hmm. for was really the hardest thing that I was going to have done in my life, you know, um, really pulling an awful lot out of me. And I, 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 when, I, when I talk to people about this, they kind of, they're just like, you know, what the fuck was it like, you know, to, to run for 24 hours on my patio? To be honest with you, the first 22 hours were actually okay. They weren't the, they weren't the best. They were okay. <laughs> but the last two hours were fucking hell. Like they were the worst because the way I done it, super smart of me. I started at noon on, on the Saturday and I was going to finish noon on the Sunday. Super smart in May. And it was so fucking hot those two yeah. days. So by the time, so I had the whole day of Saturday in the sun, baked to death, like just sweat and uh, sun cream and just grime all over my skin and all through the night. 
trying to wipe off my 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 face and stuff like that. It was actually the funniest thing ever. Was at a, at a at a part of this race, I asked my dad to bring out a damp cloth, a cold damp cloth, like at you know at around nine at nine o'clock on the second day, and I was like, I I I, 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 I had this cloth and I put it to my skin and I was like, oh my fucking god, like. <laughs> Could you, have, could you have found a rougher cloth? Because, like, <laughs> this is the roughest. This is like steel wool. This yeah. is, like, the worst cloth. I love my cloth. It was like I was rubbing skin with it. the fucking end of my boot. I was like... Yeah, took skin off your face. Oh, I was looking at my dad. I was like, you trying to take the fucking skin off my face? <laughs> it was the funniest thing ever, but it actually made me laugh. How rough and disgusting and terrible. This thing that I thought in my mind was, oh, yeah, yeah, nice cold, nice cool cloth now. Will just really freshen me up now, get myself ready for the last couple of hours. And he brought out the cloth. And I was like, are you actually oh my God. in my life? Um, but anyway, I, 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 in the last two hours, because I had ran through all through that really hot Saturday, and then I had the reprieve then of like, you know, the nighttime. It was actually fairly okay. Nighttime is grand. Just it was actually kind of soothing because there was nothing really happening. Like it was just fucking, you know, two, three, four o'clock in the morning during the lockdown. There's no cars even off in the distance. It's just pure quietness. And um, like I live on a quiet country lane back home, like you know, um, in, in Cork, and just kind of fucking grand. It was actually fairly okay. It was just, I was trying to be at peace with myself. Yeah, I was really sore, and I was uh, and I was hurt, and I was tired. My back was really sore actually, but then sunrise happened and it's may so sun came up at around six o'clock or whatever and uh it started to get really warm again and i, I was really tired really fatigued so even the heat at half eight nine o'clock was actually fairly bad and were you eating were you eating during this like oh i was eating yeah i was yeah, eating as much as i could really on the go yeah. like you know what i mean um I was stopping every two hours to have an eight minute little break so i was having right. a little break eight, eight minutes just to kind of fucking eat some food if I needed any medical attention, like if I needed strapping up or I needed to take some Nurofen or something like that because um, uh, my, my throat started to close up um, because I was eating so much and uh, my body just probably thought I was fucking dying or something because it was just like, it was closed and my glands were swelling up uh, and it was making it kind of difficult to breathe. So sometimes I have to take Nurofen or whatever just to kind of see if I can get my throat to open up. And uh, so when the last two hours... It was fucking really fucking hot, like so hot. It was like, I think for the rest of that day, it wasn't even that hot, but it was really warm. I don't know what, why, um, especially the last hour, but I got really bad sunstroke. Um, and then for the last two hours, the reason why the last two hours was so bad was I couldn't keep any fluids down. I was vomiting. So I was vomiting like I was going down the patio and on the open side of the patio is a kind of bit of a flower bed. And that was just covered in vomit. Because right. I was just like going, just yeah. getting sick and then going around my loop and coming back around to the flower bed and, and I just, I couldn't keep any, any, like any <laughs> fluids, any food, anything down at all. So the last two hours were really bad because I was, I was just really dizzy. Uh, I had a pounding headache, really bad migraine. Uh, I was sunburnt and I just, you know, it was just, it was just, it was just very tough. What, what like... Jesus, I have about a million questions, but I'll ask one. We'll start with one. As you said, it's always better off to start with the with the force page. Um, yeah. Like what? Like do you know when you're doing this, right? Like what's going through your head? 
Like, I wish I should. Actually, I probably ask what's going through your head when you plan this, but what's going through your head when you're actually doing it? Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you said, like, inner dialogue is so important for everyone. You know what I mean? Your inner dialogue, how you talk to yourself, it's so important. And, and to build up that knowledge of knowing how to talk to yourself is, 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 is so important. But, like, when you're doing it, does there ever be, like, a little bit of self-doubt creeps in being like, ah, oh, Connor here? You're getting sick now, man. You know what I mean. Your body, your body's not, your body's not liking this. Stop. Like, what, what's going through your head? Do you know what I mean? Um. Well, for for the last two hours, it was a kind of a different di- dialogue, really, because um, it was just, it was, yeah. For I, I'll go through that last two hours more than, right. and then I can go through the whole thing. But in the last two hours, I said to myself, I was like, all right, there is no such thing as the past or the future doesn't actually exist. The past is in your brain. Like your idea of the past and my idea of the past. If we were in the same fucking room at the same time, we both have different ideas about what happened, right? Because yeah. they, they, they only exist inside our fucking head. And the future is the same. My idea about what the summer is going to be like is not the same as Alan's, right? Mm. And it's not the same as my father's or your mother's or whatever. Mm. So... They don't actually exist. They're in our brains. The only thing that exists right now is is right now. Is I am talking to you on this podcast. That's the only thing that actually exists is this. My fucking lunch doesn't even exist because it hasn't happened yet. It's in the fucking future. So I said to myself, nothing actually exists right now. Only this patio and you and running for the next two hours. That's it. It's the only thing that actually is, is, is happening. And the only thing that can happen, you know, that's the only uh, outcome that is possible. So I just said, I'm just going to stay and, and, and in every minute and every step, I'll just stay right here, right now. I won't let myself drift into how it's going to feel when I stop or how much I've done until now, because that doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't matter how much I've done up until this point, And it doesn't matter what it's going to feel like when I finish. It doesn't matter. What actually does matter is this next step this next step, this next turn, this next step, and this next turn, and turning and turning and turning. That's the only thing that actually exists. So the only fucking thing you were put on planet Earth to do is run this patio. And that's kind of how I got through the last two hours. Um, What this was an exercise in, Alan, for me, was self-accountability. Because nobody would ever know if I stopped. If I stopped and just took it fucking easy and took a break for three hours in this whole 24-hour run, no one's going to know. No one would know because no one was seeing it. But I, I said to myself, because in lockdown, there was no one like, you know, no one's able to come up and fucking see me, even though like my neighbors, I knew nobody on my road, right? I'm a, I'm a, I live in this kind of country lane. I knew no one on my road. I know everybody now because they all know me as the guy who ran around the patio for a fucking day. But uh, they were all coming in and seeing me and all this kind of stuff. But what it was an exercise in was when it got really fucking shit and really, really tough. Are you still going to keep going even if nobody can see you? And if nobody can keep you accountable, who's going to keep you accountable? And that person is Connor. That Connor was going to keep him accountable. And that's, that's what I wanted from it was just, it was a big signal to me as well that I wasn't doing it for anybody else, only me. You know, mm-hmm. if I was doing it for the adulation or if I was doing it for this, like, you know, the pleasure of the crowd or whatever the case may be, 
I wouldn't have fucking done it. Like I wouldn't have been able to finish it because if I was doing it just for like everybody to fucking pat me on the back, I would have taken a break for an hour or break for two hours or whatever, because sure. It doesn't really fucking matter. As long as I put up the post and get that mm. pat on the back, it's all gravy. Yeah. But what it is, is just, it sends that signal to me of like, it doesn't fucking matter if nobody can see me or if nobody is keeping me accountable. You can see you. You know what happened. Mm. You know whether you did it or not. And that's the only person that I fucking care about. <laughs> you know, n- you know, no thing about me is me. You know, so um, if, I, if I can do that and if I can keep myself accountable when there's no other fucking eyes on me, then I know that I'm not doing all of this stuff for anybody else, only me. You know, mm. because you can't do it. I like, oh, well, look, somebody else might say that you can do it for the crowd or whatever the case may be. And maybe you can. I'm sure fucking Lance Armstrong loved the old fucking pats on the back doing the Tour de France's and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know what I mean? But like, um, I just I just felt like I wanted to take that away. I wanted to take that aspect away and where I really just wanted to kind of see, you know, behind closed doors, am I the fucking man that I say I am? You know, and uh, I was... You know, I, I, I kept it going even when it was really shit and when things were really stacking up against me and it was feeling horrible and, you know, nobody in the fucking world, not one person in the world would say it was a failure if at 22 hours while I was vomiting going around this fucking circuit, I threw in the towel and I said, look, I'm going to, I, I have to stop. No one would have batted an eyelid. But I wanted to see, you know, I wanted to see what was what was in there, like you know, um, mm. when, when when shit got really fucking tough, and when I digged to that other level inside the trench, and um, what's what's there, and yeah, I think there's more. I think there's more in me to give, even you know. I think there's more more in me to give, um, and uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing what that looks like. Does this mean a 48 hour pa- uh, party I run? Yeah. Are we confirming yeah. that right now? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just getting a Just Man Up social um, exclusive. <laughs> you should have been a journalist. Because <laughs> um, I, I, I done a 24-hour live stream. Uh, we fundraised for the Samaritans um, mental health charity. But I was sat in this fucking chair, right? I found the 24 hours torture. Torture. Because I felt like I had to be constantly, because there's people watching, so I had to be constantly on, constantly switched on. You know what I mean? And I found that very difficult. So I can only imagine running around your garden. It's like a prison run, wasn't it? It was like, were you training for prison or something like that? You know what I mean? Like running yeah, around. You never know when they're going to catch you. You know what I'm saying? You have to be you know? <laughs> running around the same thorns, the same corners for 24 hours, man. That must have taught Jesus. Fair play to you. Honestly, yeah, you're, it's so mad because like the distance I, I covered 82 kilometers, right? So um, it was just it was a marathon plus 40 kilometers. But it was like, you know, you're, you're I was running at, at the start. I was like, I'm, I've been running for like, you know, 30 minutes, 35 minutes or something like that. And I had done 670 meters. You know, it was like, fuck, man, what's the story here? Like, you know, things yeah. are just going so slow. So like there's not even that. You know, there's not even that buzz of endorphins, you know, of bloom another kilometer, you know, really too much. You know, you get two of them an hour or something, three an hour, you know, yeah. you're like, you know, you're like, fuck, uh, this is really just, it's, it's a complete exercise in the internal because there's no, mm. 
there's very, very little external stimulus. There's nothing interesting to look at. There's nothing happening in terms of the watch to you know, tell you that these kilometers are pinging. There's nothing happening anywhere, you know what I mean? And, and uh, there's no, you know, I, I, I you know, didn't really look at my phone too much, you know what I mean, while I was, while I was doing it as well. So, like, I would look at my phone and, like, I, I gave my phone to, to my father, like, to look at the messages. They were all dinging, coming in and stuff. But, you know, I couldn't even, you know, read them or whatever the case be. So, there was nothing. There was nothing. It was, it was really just a, it was like a desert of, of senses. You know, it was a mm -hmm. desert of senses. There was no... Um, there was nothing. It was, it, there was nothing and everything, you know, at the same time. And I really just fucking sat into that nothingness, like, you know. Do, do you practice mindfulness? You're quite mindful. Like, do you, like you're quite mindful in your thoughts. Like, you're very present. You, you focus on now. Like, you're not worrying about what happened. You're not worrying about what could happen. You're kind of, like, do you practice mindfulness or anything like that? Or is yeah, your mind kind of mindful? You know, just like everybody else, there's lots of times where I'm not, Joe, you know, where I'm not practicing that I am. I, I do catch myself, you know, thinking about the future and things like that. But for the majority of the time, I do like to live the day. You know, I do like to live the day that's ahead of me. And that's it. Like, you know, like when I did, I did a, that, that marathon run yesterday um, to, try, to try and get a personal best in the marathon. And um, I, you know, I was thinking about... I, I just wanted to be in the process, you know. I wanted to be in that run and fight, man. You know, in the sort. Yeah, fucking, because it wasn't ideal conditions yesterday. It was really windy, and it's quite a hilly course, um, like, to try and get a personal best. And I just knew I was going to have to fucking be, like, if I dipped out of it, and I did, I did in, like, in the mid-30s kilometers, I dipped out for a little bit, and I just was like, thinking about like, oh, when I finish and this and that and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, if I, I, when I stop up, what am I going to do? What am I, am I going to eat? Blah, 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 all this. And I just said like, whoa, okay. Where like, I could, be, I could sense my fucking pace dropping and dropping and dropping. And I was like, you got to fucking be in here and fucking fight. Because it's like someone's throwing jabs at you. Like, you know, you have to fucking, you have to be there and fight your own mind. You know what I mean? Mm. And uh, that's what I just wanted to do by was just uh, was just fucking fucking be in that moment like you know be there and it's hard sometimes to be there you know all the time you know yeah. I, I think that uh, especially now you know it's fucking it's a very challenging time that we find ourselves in with this uncertainty you know and like people say people pull this uh, this whole thing of like you know oh like people had to go through world war Two and we're just asked to stay inside our houses but like as well, like, you know, you think about, like, something like World War Two, it, like, pulls the community together. Together, yeah. You know I mean? Unified everybody, you know what I mean? And it just, like, it created kinship and brotherhood and sisterhood within nations. You know what I mean? Yeah, the people were getting pulled apart, but... And you see some of the worst atrocities in human history, but you also mm. see some of the fucking most beautiful humanity in mm. it all. And there's something we're fighting against, you know? There's so like, there's something that we are... We're pulling it's together physical. apart. Do you know what I mean? And it, yeah, yeah. And, and there's and there's kind of you know there's ends in sight, and there's certain you know parameters that we can look to. You know, like one battles or a city that's been taken or whatever the case be. It gives us that kind of collective yes, fuck yes. You know what I mean? Mm. And we don't have as much of that. And uh, no, all we have is this. Whoa, what the fuck's yeah. happening? I don't have a fucking clue. I'm not a virologist, and I don't know about <laughs> that and all this shit. Yeah, just depending on all the shit that's being you know, fed to us through the you know through the internet. And 
we're like you know in that in that time it is hard to live our days but yeah like i just try to yeah i do try to be in the day you know what i mean and be in the time look fucking man i get i get swallowed up on the phone just like everybody else you know what i mean but i do like to be in the day and be in the process and be in the now because if i start drifting forward and start thinking about the future too much i miss the process i miss mm-hmm. what's actually fucking happening like you know what i mean and i i, I miss what what the day actually brings and uh yeah, it's very, very, it's very nice to just, um, just to be in my own day and make my own day. And if there's, if there's certainty and if certainty and structure are a rarity right now, it means I have to create some for myself and I have to create that, that present for myself, that, that present time for myself. So, and I do that with, with just by doing certain different things for myself. Like now, after I get off this call with you, I'm going to whip out the, the yoga mat and the foam roller. I'm going to do a bit of mobility work just to recover from yesterday. And I'm just going to have that time to myself and I'm just going to be in it and be there. I might listen to a couple of tunes and things like that while I'm doing it, but I'm just there right there. And then, and I just really just enjoy that time because it's just, like I said, there with that blurred lines of all these, you know, the gray area, that area isn't gray. That's Connor. That's like my life and uh, mm. what, whatever about anything that happens during the day or what happened, you know, yesterday or during the night or whatever. Right there and then in that time is, is Connor's time, you know what I mean? And I think mean, that's fucking super important right now is just to have our own time for ourselves, not flicking through the phone as much or not, you know, doing whatever, but just having that fucking time to, you know, do your mobility, get outside, switch off, run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent. And I know you don't want to look to the future. You know, looking to the future. But what, 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 what's next for you? What have you been doing? I know you're running the podcast and stuff like that. Flip the script. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I suppose it's just um, what I want. Like I have goals. Like you know, I, I, I do plan things in the future. And um, mm. for me. When I, when I talk about being present and not being in the future, it's not that I don't make plans or that I of don't course, have yeah. a plan. It's just it's that I... In your time, you like being in your time. Absolutely. But, and, mm. I don't, and, and not needlessly going into the future. So like yeah. needlessly going into the future by like, you know, saying, oh, um, how are these vaccines going to take hold now? Like, you know what I mean? By the time summer rolls out, will I be able to go here and this and that? Mm. Oh, that's just fucking useless. Out of your control. It's out of my control, out of my control. And that's, that's the type of future I don't dip into. Whereas the future that I, you know, my, yesterday's past was once my future. You know, yesterday, mm-hmm. you know, when I did that marathon, that, that personal best attempt, that was my future. And I, was, I would think about certain aspects of that, but I had to be in the present to get there. I had to be in the present pr- uh, process to get there. So what, what's kind of in the, in the uh, future for me now is just kind of, I suppose, leaning into more of the positive aspects of my life, leaning into my running, leaning into the podcast, leaning into discovery, leaning into reading books, finding out more about the world and myself. And doing those things kind of generally lead me down the, the line of doing fucking shit like the patio run and all this kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It just, it leads me down this. I, I, I feel like, um, my life is like do you, do you ever go to one of those Halloween houses you know when you like go yeah, through yeah. with things and uh, shit like pops out yeah. and scares you so, yeah <laughs> so they, they scare the shit that's kind of like the events that happen in my life they kind of pop out they scare me and I go yeah fuck it I'm doing that do you know what yeah. I mean uh, so that's what I'm going to do um, I'm just going to keep 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 just being my own best friend boy. that's the 
that's the main gig. Like, fuck it, man. Like, throughout my day today, I still have those um, aspects of, let's say, the, con- the the Connor of the past. I still have those anxieties. I still have certain insecurities in my life. I still have, you know, those thoughts that creep in. But what happens now is I'm just in a far better position to deal with them when they do come in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, and that's the thing. It's like, I'm not going, like, if I, if I, you know, fucking kneel down and fucking just got curled up into a ball the first time that I got an anxious thought um, and, and, and thought, oh, Jesus, I'm meant to be, you know, I'm meant to be done with all of this stuff. No, I, I don't think anybody's ever done with, with mm. those kind of thoughts. You know what I mean? It just, it's part of human nature. But what, what it is, what has happened is I've just gotten a sharper tool set to actually deal with them once they come in and um putting that show to being my own best friend and sometimes calling yourself out on your own bullshit as well because you can you can bullshit yourself about loads of different things and really give yourself a hard time and uh, and, and like and be that big fucking critic and your worst own worst uh, enemy and sometimes you kind of go hold up a fucking second you know mm-hmm. you're actually doing really fucking good like you know what i mean especially with what's going on at the moment and things like that it's fucking you know we we, we spend an awful lot more time with ourselves and not with other people so you know we're 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 we're, on, we're with ourselves for 24 hours a day it's the only person we're with 24 hours a day so we might as well you know be comfortable with that person so um a lot of the time I'm calling myself out of my own bullshit and I'm realizing that, you know, fuck it, man, you know, give yourself a break. Um, and by doing that, it leads me down positive, positive routes. And uh, it, it only, it only can lead to positive, positive things happening in the external, in my external world, in my work, in my running, in my relationships, all of those things. So yeah, it all starts from just like inside my own fucking head and then it goes, it spills out then into the, into the real world. Yeah, no, 100%, man. I think a lot of people, like, everybody has mental health. Every every single person on this planet, no one's immune to it. I think one thing is that you learn a skill set and you learn things that can help you deal with shit when shit pops up because shit pops up every day in everyday, everyday life, you know what I mean? And it's how we, how we deal with it and how we overcome it. Um, and if that means running around your back garden for 24 hours, then fair folks to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. But listen, Connor, it's been fucking great, man. I could probably sit here and talk to you for fucking 24 hours. Maybe we should deal with our my back garden. <laughs> yeah, we should. <laughs> invite me on Martin three of us stop yeah we have, I think we'd end up fucking you know the, remember doing the arm wrestling breaking the arm oh yeah yeah, yeah. we'd end up doing that with me on rock bottom <laughs> oh stop well listen man uh, I, I'm gonna have all the links um, for wherever people are listening all your links Instagram your podcast everything will be below so people if you want to find out where Connor is it'll all be below but listen man it's been fucking great thanks for uh, taking the time out of your day to, to have a chat with me this is the one thing I enjoy about podcasts is that like you learn from people and you learn um, from people's experiences what they've done what they've gone through and and yeah I fucking Jesus, man, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go for a cycle now. After that, I feel I'm on I'm on a nice a nice buzz. So I'm gonna bring myself, you know, down to yeah, down to now. Yeah, yeah. That's sure. that's my that's my plan for the day. But listen, man, thanks very much for coming on. I really appreciate 100%, it. Percent, man. Cheers, man. I appreciate it, Alan. It was a uh, it was a great chat. Hey. Hey.
Got him on. Pushing. Tiny move, let's go. Nice! 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 Hey, what? This fucking.